Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of the podcast. I'm Rachel O'Mara, your host, and today I'm very, very excited to have a friend and visionary with us, Dawa Tarchin Phillips. A little bit about Dawa, and we'll jump in. Hello, Dawa. How are you? Hi, Rachel. I'm very well. Thank you. Great. Well, I'm sure I'm sure you are um, able, ready to get started. But a few words about you before we begin. So, Dawa Tarchin Phillips is a founder and CEO of Empowerment Holdings, the co-founder of the Mindful Leadership Online Training Conference, the the world's largest online training conference for mindful leaders. And some of you may have known about that or the summits that they've also had. Dawa is a mindfulness and meditation expert, author, entrepreneur, spiritual teacher, researcher, and educator. Very well-rounded. He is the acting president of the International Mindfulness Teachers Association, the world's first global professional organization for mindfulness teaching professionals. He's also the founder of the Mindful Leadership Tribe, an online community of mindful leaders. Dawa completed two three-year meditation retreats and teaches mindfulness and meditation, awakened business, and mindful leadership around the world. He is a member of the prestigious Transformational Leadership Council and the Association of Transformational Leaders. He's also a leading voice in the global mindfulness movement. His work has been featured many, many places like the New York Times, Huffington Post, Men's Fitness, Forbes, Fast Company, the list goes on and on. And Dawa lives with his family in Santa Barbara, California. So hi, Dawa. Thanks so much for meeting us today to talk about pausing or intentional shifts in behavior. It's just great to have you here. Well, this is such a pleasure, Rachel, to be with you. I uh, remember us talking about the book and the message, and I'm so excited that it is out and that people actually have this opportunity now to learn from you. Yeah, I know. And I just saw you face to face at Wisdom 2.0 recently. So that was really fun. And every time I see you, I feel like I'm reminiscing how we met almost two years ago, uh, where we were in Boston at MIT and with a bunch of people hoping to be catalysts for transforming financial markets, which was just unreal and, and pretty amazing in, in itself. <laughs> That's another story. So, it's, Oh, it's, it's it is happening. We are catalysts. Okay. We are catalysts. And I think everyone listening Absolutely. is also a catalyst. Catalyst seems like the word of the day for me today. Uh, and given all that you do, wow, like there's so much as, as you're leading this world of transformational change. Uh, one of the themes that I really think is, is pause worthy slash um, what really resonates with those who really think about and, and, and resonate with the message of pausing is this feeling of overwhelm and thinking you're doing too much and getting caught up in that. Can you share a little bit about how do you manage all of that? How do you pause and even maybe lead us on a pause as, as I'm thinking about it here? I know we, we talked about that too. Yes, absolutely. So, I mean, this experience of overwhelm is something that's very common at the moment. You know, I travel a lot and doesn't really matter what country I'm in or, or what what industry or what uh, community, people experience overwhelm everywhere. And part of that is because of the bandwidth that people have and the amount of focus that they have, right? Mm-hmm. So um, there's just such an influx of information and experiences that everyone is exposed to, sensory data, sensory information, 
that unless you have some kind of a practice that increases your bandwidth, you really don't stand a chance. You have to increase your bandwidth in order to handle the amount or the increased amount of information that is coming at you and that is coming through you. And there's really no other way or no better way to do that than to cultivate a mindfulness and awareness practice or a pause, if you will, an ability to um, step out of the preoccupation with your experience into actually increasing your capacity for experience. Mm. So rather than being yeah. caught up in the day-to-day that, that, that you're going through, you need to sometimes spend some time to just build capacity or increase your bandwidth. Yeah, and I'm hearing... Yeah, go ahead. because they lose focus. Yeah, that is so common and what i'm what i'm hearing is literally it's almost like a intervention like a self-intervention for yourself as you want to expand and it's counterintuitive and that's that kind of call that the pause paradox where you think you're too busy or you're not able to stop because you're so used to doing and achieving which is all good but that's a great reminder to have a practice and i was wondering would you be willing to lead us in a in a pause that you uh, that you would like to share with us? Anything really goes on our program that resonates with you? Absolutely, yes. So uh, let's do a little pause. I usually start a pause by reminding myself and others of the importance of a good physical posture um, because your physical posture influences your emotional state, your mental state, And it's really the fastest way to bring some clarity and some transparency back to your mind. So if you can, wherever you are, maybe take a moment and really sit upright, um, stretch your spine for a moment, bring your shoulders back, relax your abdomen, just the things you can do to support yourself through right posture. Uh, Then give yourself permission to release any preoccupation with what you were doing before you joined this podcast. And if you can as well, put aside any distracting activity like checking social media or, you know, the different things people do when they're multitasking. So that at least for the duration of this short pause, you can be fully present. Also release any preoccupation with or anticipation of what is going to come after. Um, Dwelling on what has already been and worrying or anxiously anticipating what will come next is really what undermines our ability to pause on a deeper level. But your mind is doing those things in order to normally keep you safe or keep you oriented. So by giving yourself permission to actually release those things for a few minutes, that is a good way to enroll your mind in this process of giving yourself a pause. And you want to become familiar or become aware of something you can use to anchor your mind. The easiest way to do that is become aware of your breath. And just notice how your breath is flowing in and out. You can notice that at the rising and settling of your abdomen, the rising and settling of your breath, or the inflow and outflow of air to your nostrils. Either way, this is a very natural process, this inflow and outflow of breath, of air, and you can use it to connect with life in the present moment, with your body, your experience, your presence, instant by instant. Just notice that. Just notice how just being here.
here is sufficient. Give yourself that permission to actually enjoy your life for a moment. Enjoy the fact that you have this body. Enjoy the fact that you are able to breathe. Enjoy the fact that there's so many different experiences that you get to experience. There's a lot of things happening in your life that are difficult right now. Just for the duration of this practice, of this pause, direct your attention to something that you actually enjoy. Maybe a plant in your room or the temperature you're in or you're wearing your favorite sweater. Just something that gives you somewhat of a sense of enjoyment and satisfaction. Like you can close your eyes. Sometimes that helps. The visual cortex is always very activated. So if you close your eyes, sometimes that can help you more quickly calm down, but it's not necessary in order to take a pause. When you're ready, think of three people that have been particularly helpful to you over the course of the last week. Maybe they've done something for you that you would not have or could not have done for yourself. Maybe they said something helpful that helped you understand something better or get a different perspective. Maybe they just listened to you when you wanted to share or had something on your mind. Whichever it is, just acknowledge that they have made a contribution to the quality of your life, that your life does not exist in isolation, but that you are connected with others who are constantly through their own generosity, making your experience of life more enjoyable, more meaningful, more effective. just experiencing some appreciation for that as well and mentally sending some appreciation their way also in a deeper way connects you to the abundance to the richness of your own life
whenever you notice you get distracted or your mind wanders, just return to your anchor, to your breath. Being here. Being present. There is so much activity in the world, so much activity in your life. There's also this stillness, this peace, this calm that coexists with the activity. It's not something you have to look for elsewhere. It is not something you have to search outside. It's something that is here, right here with you any moment, any time. You'd like to discover it. It is like the silence between the notes of a beautiful song or the symphony, right? If there wasn't any silence between the notes, you wouldn't enjoy the sequence of the sounds. And just as there is silence between the notes of any song, of any piece of music, there is space between the events, between the experiences. between the We're going to take three deep breaths together, breathing in, counting one, and breathing out. Breathing in, counting two, and breathing out. Breathing in and counting three, and breathing out. Okay. Mm, wow. Thank you so much, Dawa. I think <laughs> You're I very welcome. I'm just feeling a lot different in a good way. So thank you. And very powerful. I think you just demonstrated the example you shared about having a practice and why that's so helpful in, in service to the doing, I like to say. And, you know, kind of on, this, on, on that note, I love what you said about the symphony, by the way, speaking of notes. Uh, on the uh, idea of, of like feeling like there is too much or potentially stuck or burned out. A lot of times we get there. I know I have, and I feel like I'm, I'm up against that a little bit currently in some things. How would you say what your practices are uh, or meditation in general? What, what do they offer that helps in that arena? I feel like there are some ways they're tied together. And can help. Yeah, it's a great question. Well, 
Burnout, you know, I don't know how much the audience knows about it, but it is the result of um, stress activation, consistent stress at stressful activation, right, of the autonomic nervous system. So if we get into a stressful state, initially we talk about acute stress, which can also be arousal or excitement and enthusiasm, really, if we are, for example, thinking that we're going to meet someone uh, on a date or we are going to buy something new that we're excited about, we can feel a sense of stress, but it's kind of a euphoria and anticipation and excitement. When stress levels don't reset themselves, when they don't calm down, we experience what's called chronic stress. And that usually over time then leads to a peak in stress, which is followed by the decline in our capacity to process, in our capacity to uh, restore ourselves, and then eventually that leads to burnout. So a lot has happened when we've arrived at burnout. Um, it's really the, the result of having maintained a, a state of chronic stress for a considerable amount of time. And mm -hmm. in order to reverse that, we have to obviously not only look at what we can do differently right now, but also what are some of the fundamental patterns that are active in our lives? How have we designed our lives? And what are the values we have that might contribute to the way that we've designed our lives? And what might be some of the belief systems that are also supporting that level of high stress in our lives? So the reason I'm, I'm saying that is because uh, there's a lot of people who practice some form of meditation who then, after they get out of that meditation, jump right back in and find themselves in a similar <laughs> stress situation because they never really do the deep cleaning, you know? They never really yeah. re readjust their value system and examine why so many things are always associated with stress for them, yeah? Yeah, um, I, yeah, for sure. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I, well, what I'm thinking of is, is just how relatable that is, and it's almost like you want to will yourself to a point that feels good again, but if you're really not looking at the underlying currents, and in this case, the belief systems or the patterns, you're really not shifting anything in a way that's benefiting over the long term, and and I think pausing where you can integrate this as a daily practice, right? You mentioned the anchor of the belly breath and how powerful that is. I, I think that's a great way. But bottom line is, if I just go right back into my routine, I'm only getting the like a micro benefit of that entire process, as if uh, whereas it could be much deeper and more, and resonate way more for me if I looked at things, which often is a little uncomfortable, whether it's facing some unknowns or getting out of your comfort zone that might be a stretch. Well, the, if you look at if you look at the stress research in America, you know the the, the top causes of stress in America are money, relationships, and health, and. Yeah. Uh, those are things that people struggle with but never really receive a thorough education in. And so most people are really ill-equipped to face the major stresses in life with the education they have received. And they are forced to seek for that education elsewhere in workshops, in uh, weekend classes, online classes, right? Just so that they can get up to par with the, the challenge of modern life 
and they can learn the, the tools and the mindset and the, the right attitudes and skills that actually will allow them to effectively uh, handle those things. And what happens then is that uh, rather than uh, these things being sources of joy, they are constantly sources of distress, right? And for example, human relations. Um, if we don't like disagreements or we don't like uh, having to communicate with people that see things differently than we do or having to build consensus, then any kind of dialogue with someone that is not already uh, on the same wavelength as we are will be experienced as stressful and as conflict and as difficult and as anxiety-provoking. And mm -hmm. so the, the entire positioning of human interaction has now been in our in our mind has been associated with distress and if we can't reposition that then any time that we're out of our comfort zone with people we don't know who might have different beliefs than us number one we, we probably wouldn't would prefer to not even leave the hotel room or or secondly uh, just the thought of having to be in conversation with people causes us stress right. and, but that can be redefined you know I think People need to learn that they have the ability to reposition these experiences so that they can reposition talking to a stranger with curiosity and actually with interest and with uh, excitement or to, to uh, reposition the relationship to their finances as something that gives them empowerment and freedom and yeah. uh, enjoyment and to reposition the relationship with their health as something that uh, can give them vitality. And so those are the things I'm talking about, where on, on, the, on the outer level, having a mindfulness practice is helpful. And then on a, on a deeper level, we, we really have to learn to reassociate things that have been programmed with the, uh, in a sympathetic overdrive, which means where our nervous system is agitated and overly... Uh, mm -hmm. overly aggra aggravated, uh, we, we condition those things with a more peaceful approach and a more enjoyable approach. And anybody can do that. It's literally like a, a, a software upgrade if <laughs> you want to look at it in tech language. I love but if it. you don't do it, you struggle. Right. And to me, oh, wow, what, a, what great points you make. To, and pausing, uh, to me, I feel I want to say the magic ticket, the like the the magic happens where the union of of potentially mindfulness slash meditation meets your inner inner world of emotions and uh, your body, where you can actually feel what's happening and also pause to actually be curious about what is going on. Maybe there's some fear that comes up, or this belief about money is maybe that's not serving me. What would be the new belief I want to create and that is so powerful. And, and to me, uh, I talk a little bit about it in pause the book about the taser technique, like tune in, accept, shift, uh, express and repeat. It's kind of the, the formula I have for, <laughs> for, um, shifting those beliefs. So super like highly relevant. And I think very good way to be thinking about that. So, so thank you for kind of opening that door for us today. And also knowing that that's, something that really like is very helpful in, in whatever meditation you're doing. Uh, tell us about some of the things you're working on and, and, and creating in that realm of maybe 
like extended pauses or shifts. I know you did that three, two, three year meditations, which is to me extraordinary. Um, what do you have going on that really relates to that? I'm sure that's something you're always working to, to create for people as a teacher. Yeah, well, pause is kind of the underlying concept of mindfulness or awareness, right? Which gives you choice. Um, whenever you whenever you take a moment to to be to just be, you you get to look at things with a fresh perspective, and you get to examine the options you have, and you get to make different choices. And if you don't take that pause, and you don't uh, take that step back, then uh, oftentimes your life unfolds uh, on, on automation. And many times that automation leads you somewhere that you don't want to be because you're not actually actively steering your life. Yeah, so, and actually, I got to just share, I um, I just want to jump in and share, I heard a quote yesterday, and it, I wrote it down on a, a post-it because I wanted to share it. And um, it was, it was uh, about, you know, we all have a ship, you may as well decide where it's going. <laughs> it's like, wow, that's like yeah. really simple, but really true to exactly your point. But yeah, continue. Yes. Yeah. So a lot of my work is about uh, leadership development, as you heard in the beginning. So um, I've, I've spent a considerable amount of time uh, working on education and youth because I believe that children and youth are the leaders of the future and we don't need to raise them to first have all the problems we have in order to then sell them on the solutions we have. Um, and so I think leadership development is something that we have to develop across the board, whether we are like you and I, leaders in organizations, um, or we're looking at the next few generations and the kind of leadership skills that they will need. I think we know enough now about how happiness works and how human beings not just live and survive, but actually can thrive that we should share that knowledge far and wide and collaborate as effectively as we can to do that within our lifetime. So that's one thing that I'm working towards. We do that through online trainings and also through retreats and also through building associations like the IMTA or holding these uh, global conferences like the Mindful Leadership Online Training Conference. Uh, yeah. One thing that's come up that's exciting is that I'm leading the first ever pilgrimage around the earth. Um, from May 11th to June 11th, I'm uh, leading a 30-day pilgrimage around the globe because it is pretty evident that our relationship with the earth, if we really want to do this right, this pause, and really develop mm -hmm. a more conscious life and approach to human life, then we have to factor in the, the way that the relationship to our planet has degraded and also how we have kind of neglected in our personal development to, to really cultivate a love affair with the earth and with the planet. And so I'm leading this pilgrimage around the, the planet to 17 different sacred sites um, on uh, four continents in five countries uh, to different places in order to really awaken a more unified global consciousness and also allow people to experience firsthand what that is like to actually have an active, alive, healthy, beautiful, vibrant connection with the planet and feel that support that comes from being connected with the place where our lives unfold. 
Oh, it sounds incredible, Dawa. And like you said, it's never been done before. So I commend you on on taking that on uh, for yourself and others to really do that. And and what an opportunity. So yeah, tell us about how it's in May, so it's not too far away in 2018. Where can people go to learn more about it? I think that's really important to share. Yeah, if anybody wants to look at that, there's a website called awakenedworldpilgrimage.com. Awakenedworldpilgrimage.com. There's a video there that explains the, the trip. There's a brochure people can download, and they can also sign up and leave their name to join me on a live Q&A call where we'll answer any questions people have. Um, and the, the, the interesting thing about this trip is also that it, it goes to different places that have an energetic resonance with the, the, the journey that the, as a human species we've taken over the last, you know, now it's, uh, it's uh, yeah, depending how far you want to go back, right? It's, mm-hmm. If you want to look at modern man, it's tens of thousands of years. If you want to look at uh, all the way from walking primates, it's millions of years. So, but this is really a, a journey to these different places in the world that have a significance in our collective human evolution and also individually in these stages that we go through as individuals as we become fully mature and more conscious and more awake and are able to access our own power to actually live a life of meaning and contribution wherever we are, right? So that is what makes this trip really beautiful. Mm-hmm. and. Um, anyone who's interested, I suggest you, you go to the website, you sign up, um, or you can also, um, there, you can leave an, uh, your contact details and then somebody will email you or get back to you with a phone call. Uh, we're human beings. So this is all organized by real people, uh, and they're very responsive and it'll be a great experience. That's good to know. Yeah. That, okay. So awakenedworldpilgrimage.com. Lots of info. Do you have your first destination where you're going for a little teaser? Yeah, we meet in Los Angeles and then we'll fly to East Africa. This is the first destination. It's Tanzania, um, which is the Great Rift Valley, yeah. also considered the cradle of humanity. Um, and from from there, then we'll travel north to the Serengeti, uh, which is the largest um largest wildlife or best known wildlife reserve in the world where we'll uh, spend time in the uh, ca- in a camp uh, with the animals. Um, after that, from there, we travel to Egypt and we'll visit the pyramids. We have some contacts that will make it possible for us to go inside and uh, also visit the Sphinx and uh, cruise down the Nile. Then we'll visit Jerusalem, the old Jerusalem, and visit different sites there in Israel uh, Mm. before we travel to India and to Varanasi and uh, visit sites around there. And then from which is one of the best restored, most oldest cities in the world at the Ganges. Then we travel uh, to northern China, an area called Wutai Shan, which is associated with uh, wisdom and, and knowledge, and then we'll travel into Tibet uh, to Mount Kailash, uh, which is considered the sacred mountains in many of the uh, spiritual traditions in the world, 
And from there, then we fly around or we return around the globe back to Los Angeles. So the total trip would take 30 days and there'll be teachings along the way, practices along the way and sightseeing along the way. There'll be explanations about the significance of the regions and we'll be exposed to the culture and the food and the people and a lot of different things. It's a, literally a trip of a lifetime, but also something we're organizing because we want to encourage people to think about the, the planet as an integral part of their healing, as an integral part of their wholeness. And hopefully this, this will send a little bit of a signal to others who then can also look at what is my relationship to the planet and how can I have a more healthy, more connected, more vibrant, more enjoyable relationship to the whole planet, not this uh, tiny little place that I might have staked out <laughs> for myself beyond which I am uninterested in what's actually happening. AKA our comfort zone or wherever we are residing in our <laughs> <Yes>. world. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Pause of a lifetime for sure. Wow. Well, I'm really excited to hear how things develop myself and kind of to close things out. Oh, I thought uh, I had a question for you. I'm wondering what is your favorite way to pause besides traveling around the world, looking at fabulous pilgrimage sites, but what do you do on a daily basis that really helps that, intentional shift in behavior to really be with yourself and be. Yes, yes. First, I'll share with you this quote about the comfort zone. Somebody once said, the mm. comfort zone is a beautiful place, but nev nothing ever grows there. And, <laughs> wow, love it. Yeah, and, and so when I look at my own life, I, I don't care too much about the comfort zone. I, I think that um, it's a very addictive drug that can keep us from living a meaningful, purposeful, fulfilled life. Um, and it's way overrated. Uh, but what I do for myself in terms of pause, it's a good question. So number one is, in general, I try to stay present with what I do because most of the things that we have control over, in fact, all of the things that we have control over happen in the present. But on a very practical level, um, I like to go on walks. I, uh, you know, we have a, a dog, and a dog needs to get on, go on walks. So those are little places where I step out of the office and go for a walk with the dog. Um, I like to be in nature. I uh, resource myself in nature. I live in beautiful Santa Barbara, and there are incredible places here up in the hills or also by the ocean. Um, and so I, yeah, I think for myself, if I want to pause, sometimes all it takes for me is to step outside and look at the sky. You know? Yeah, I, you just hit on one of my favorite pauses, a nature pause, literally just being outside, even if it's a walk around the block at lunchtime or uh, for those of us who have the, our day jobs, work, work like out, of your, out of your desk, out of your uh, slash comfort zone of your desk, so... Um, and pets, animals are very good reminders of, of that, of presence. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. And then I have a meditation practice. But I also, I would also say, I think a gratitude pause is important. You know, re remind yeah. yourself uh, everything you've already gone through. People always look at the horizon without realizing that the horizon is always the same distance away and will never be reached. And so they feel frustrated, dissatisfied. Um, they feel disappointed, but if they would look back and see how far they've come, 
they they would actually be able to develop a sense of appreciation and and confidence at at the things that they've already been able to live through and the lessons they've already learned. And so I'd like to celebrate I'd like to celebrate the, the little wins that I see uh, people make. So well said. Celebrating little wins slash noticing those even in itself is a big deal. So knowing that, uh, we'll wrap up. But one more thing. Uh, you mentioned you've got some meditations on the web. Where can we find more of you? Because that was delicious what we did earlier. And I, I myself want to go find them. Ah, yeah, this is a very special treat. So yeah. um, a lot of meditations are, are given, you know, to get you into a state. This meditation actually is given from a certain state. So it's very precious. You can find it on my website at darwatarchinphillips.com slash awakeningpresent. darwatarchinphillips.com forward slash awakeningpresent. It's for free. Um, you can find it there. I hope you enjoy it. Let me know. Uh, you can find me on Facebook or LinkedIn or Twitter, and just, you know, if you'd like it, shoot me a message and tell me what you thought. Um, other than that, my website is darwatarchinphillips.com. The company website is empowermentholdings.com. And the IMTA, the International Mindfulness Teachers Association's website, is imta.org. I know that there's a lot of people now interested in actually helping others learn exercises and tools of how to pause. And I highly mm -hmm. encourage that. I think we need many, many, many more qualified instructors, teachers, coaches, guides, as this world is going through the transition that we're currently going through. Mm. Yeah. Thank you for that gift. I, I, um, I'll put all of those links up on the page when we have your, when we publish the podcast. So Dawa, thank you so much for being with us today. So <laughs> So great to be with you. Thanks a lot.